Hello, everybody. Lee Henson Hasty. I'm here with Anna Carter Florence. Hi. Uh, you got two North Carolina accents today. <laughs> mine is new. <laughs> my, my, and mine is working remote from Kentucky. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but we're here looking forward to a conversation with you about um, Anna Carter's uh, Farts new book, or relatively new book, uh, Rehearsing Scripture, um, Discovering God's Word in Community. Um, please let us know that you're here, and um, we'd love to hear your questions, uh, what you're thinking, um, where you're calling in from, or where you're watching from. Um, we'd love for you to like us on our YouTube channel, too, the Theological Education Fund, because uh, then we can um, uh, have have some benefits there. That would be much appreciated. Um, we're all learning these new things, <laughs> right, <laughs> in the, in the yeah. virtual COVID times or whatever it is <laughs> hey Anne. That, that that made that made uh and you made anna smile there i'll let yeah. you call that <laughs> well it's it's so it's rainy in memphis uh anna tell us where you're you're calling in from today um i am in black mountain north carolina my husband is the associate pastor at black mountain presbyterian church and i am snowed in at our house on the top of a hill so I hope there are provisions. There's milk. There's bread. We're we're great. I mean, and we kept power and all that. David hiked down the hill today to the car, which is parked at the bottom, okay. um, so he could go to work. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just here. Well, thanks for being here, taking time out, not teaching in January. Uh, Anna is uh, the Peter Marshall uh, Professor of Homiletics and Preaching at. Uh, Columbia Theological Seminary in Decatur, Georgia, and um, she uh, has a history degree and uh, with theater studies, and that was important, that last part, from Yale University, an MDiv, and with a New Testament emphasis from Princeton Theological Seminary, or PhD, uh, who you worked with, um, one of my favorite people, who's also now a North Carolinian, um, Nora Tibbs T Tisdale, right? Yeah, she was my PhD advisor. Oh, wow. A dissertation think, advisor, yeah. I don't think I knew that before looking at your CV, which we'll post in the chat uh, for you all to see. Um, she has been at Columbia since uh, uh, 1998. Gosh, that's unbelievable. Is this my 24th year? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Anne um, Apple and I arrived the same fall. So. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so there's a connection. Yeah. That connection yeah. that makes sense. Um, she uh, also served as associate pastor for youth and young adults at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, member of Greater Atlanta Presbytery, uh, very active in the festival homiletics, um, the, uh, a lot of homiletics kinds of things. And that's why we're here to talk about your book. But before we get to that, um, I'd love to hear, um, and I think our audience always likes to know and welcome Daniel and Kate and Heather. Glad you're here. Um, love, love to hear what it is that is making you come alive, because as Howard Thurman says, that's what we need is people who are coming alive. Or Katie Cannon um, also said it well, is what is the work your soul must have? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's such a it's such an important question. And, um, you know, aside from the snow today 
and sort of the outside world. I think one of the unexpected gifts of COVID for me has been um, getting to know my students in a completely new way. I have never thought of myself as a person who would be an online teacher. You know, I've done hybrid stuff, but to not be in a classroom with students, you know, able to be with them when they're preaching and walk around the room and see, I mean, this has been a huge thing of learning, but um, I, I've been able to meet students because of this online format that I never would have met. Beautiful. And yeah, and that's been really remarkable. <laughs> um, and to find out that unexpectedly, you know, I've, I'm not an early adapter, Lee. I am a digital immigrant. So <laughs> to learn that actually there's some things about teaching, even in this mode, that right. I can love and that you can still love students, that's been kind of amazing. You you literally see into their homes and into their lives, right? It's not yeah. just, that wood paneling is not a fake background, right? No, I'm not in a sauna. Um, this is <laughs> this is our you know guest room slash where I study um, with dogs and cats all around. So it's yeah, it's it's mutual. They see me, I see them. Right. Um, David and I have to space out the times when one of us is going to be zooming because you can hear everything throughout the house. Right. So, yeah. Right. Right. Um, well, you know, it's refreshing to hear um, and, and, and somewhat not surprising, but I like the way you put it is, is, is what seems to be giving you life is learning and getting to know students, those relationships, um, that's really what is giving, giving you life and, and learning how to do that in some new ways. Um, that's that that's I never would have chosen <laughs> right. and all of the people, Lisa, I've seen Lisa, I saw Daniel. I mean, all the people who've been at Columbia with me, who were in the chat on the right know this, that that was not something I anticipated for myself. Right. But, uh, that has been, um, an amazing thing to learn. Right. Well, um, you were talking about a moment ago in terms of like in, in the preaching classroom, part of what you describe in your book is sort of um, what you learned in theater class kind of setting. The setting really does matter, you know, in terms of reading, rehearsing scripture and, and preparing and thinking about asking the right questions. And so you probably had to learn how to set up some things differently in a digital in a digital format <laughs> oh wow yeah um and still trying to figure that out my my dear colleague jake myers who teaches preaching with me at columbia he and i are trying to plan the spring course which is the basic preaching course that everybody takes no matter what level they're at because we use a workshop uh, model and mm -hmm. so we want students to come in some have been preaching for a long time some have never preached to work on what they want to work on, what they need to work on. But we're trying to make it so we can flip to online when the world goes crazy again, if it goes right. crazy, you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the, in, the, in, leadership, in the leadership world, you know, there's been all this kind of... Uh, talk about adaptability and adaptive change. Holy, <laughs> holy cow. I feel I mean, like we're in adaptive 3.0 or 4.0 by this point. Yeah, and I and it would be um, 
it would be nice to think I'm being adaptive rather than reactive. Um, <laughs> you know, we try, but it's um, the other thing is everybody is. I'm just in, you know, I'm always in awe of students and everything yep. that they're bringing and doing. But now, oh my yep. gosh, I, I mean, know. I have and students about- who can't start studying until midnight because they are in a small space with others, you know, right. and um, the commitment. Right. That's, that's, it's inspiring. And they got to share, literally share the bandwidth (laughs) of the internet or the computer or the room or whatever it is. And the same for pastors. I mean, uh, Robin, good to see you, pastor, not Columbia Theological Seminary, but Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Robin and I were in seminary together at Louisville. Uh, David, good to have you here from East Tennessee, just over the mountain uh, from Black Mountain. I'm glad to have you here. Um, The, it's, this book, I feel like this rehearsing scripture is you're sort of reflecting back on what you learned um, in those theater studies at Yale, it seems to me, and how influential. And you speak about, um, I'm trying to remember the name, uh, there are probably a couple of professors, um, but there was one particular course um, that you took yeah. that, that this sort of feel like that started. And this must have been a book that you've been thinking about a while. I know it's it also was part of uh, the lectures yeah, uh, you gave true. at Yale, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, your students teach you how to teach. Right. And so all these wonderful people that you're seeing on the right who were at Columbia are the ones who've taught me what not to do mm-hmm. and and what to do. And so part of what I learned to lean into finally after about 10 years at Columbia was uh, what I really knew well and had thought might be a separate kind of a thing. But to lean into part of my background that um, taught me how to work with texts and how to be freed up to do that, to ask any question, to be in a kind of suspended there's that word again, workshop space, mm-hmm. where we're not under pressure to decide right now what the text means, but we're trying to um, listen for what it might say. Um, mm-hmm. And and the thing that finally helped me frame it was the wisdom that those professors in, in college gave me, the theater studies, which is, which is just simply to admit, to know, that some texts need to be practiced. That's what you need to do. You have to rehearse them. You can't just read a play and know what it, you've got to get out there in your body and try all kinds of things in a scene to see what feels truthful. And I knew that intuitively about scripture, but I hadn't framed it that way. And so what was helpful was finally allowing myself, I suppose, to um, bring all of what I had thought I was bringing, but hadn't really articulated in a way that might be helpful. And I realized that in the classroom, it really helps because it gives us a clear focus um, about a way to approach a text, a scripture text. What what you just said about, um, and and it's one of some of the questions you you talk about in the book around what is, this is where we're going, is what is true? Yeah. yeah. Uh, True about the text and what, what is the truth coming from it? But I feel like also, what you're um what what 
what the this methodology does also is and you say it is ask new questions i'll say ask better questions i remember yeah. krista tippett one of the who's been inspiring for me in terms of setups like this is she she writes in her um in one of her books about um there is such a thing as a better question <laughs> there aren't necessarily bad questions but there are better questions and it sounds like this methodology is a way to ask better questions maybe the right questions they may not and they're not just i like that you call it discovering god's voice in community it may not be your questions as the preacher yeah. or or if if you're a preacher doing this or the the bible study leader or what have you but it's it helps unearth kind of the community's questions is that am i yeah that's a really good way to part? put it because i think that's what rehearsal is and and a lot of us are in um groups whether it's choir at church or that, right. that need that know what rehearsal is but we don't necessarily associate it with scripture because if we're preachers, you know, we're time constrained, we're working for it, we're trying to say something that is going to be right. That's often a preacher's question. Is it right? Is this okay? Is this all right to say? Am I going to get in trouble if I say that? Is this theologically correct? As yes. opposed to um, sort of protecting for ourselves a rehearsal space in which many things are possible. Right. And in that kind of a space, you don't have and to not, rush to what's right. And, you can and not all, wait all, for what's true. Yeah. You don't have to, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you don't have to, um, it may be something unexpected. Right. That, that's exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the people uh, who are in the chat and the people who've been at Columbia know that sort of famously the text that is, I don't even know how long this has been the case. It precedes my time at Columbia that everybody works with first in the preaching class is Mark five, the hemorrhaging woman and Jairus's daughter. Lee, I can't tell you how many times I've read that text with students every year. And, you know, I almost kind of go, Here we go. <laughs> but every single time, Lee, every single time you change the people in the room and you change what comes out. And I, I well, feel context, like a the, the context changes, right? The context, the context changes, the year changes, all of those things. But I, you would think that I have heard every possible question that could be asked of that text or scene, and still someone will notice some detail that I've never seen yeah. or thought to ask. And you realize again how impoverished you are as a reader of scripture. If you only do it yourself, right? A and if you only do it once, right, <clears throat> right, yeah. Um, that's. I think there's a lot of preachers on here, and uh, Terry Ott, who also is the editor at the Pressure and Outlook, uh, welcome. Um, mm. There, I think uh, one of your who, colleagues, uh, Barbara Brown Taylor, who's taught some at Columbia and preaching. Yeah. I, I always, I love her image of exegesis around kind of rubbing the piece of wood until you find the splinter and that's yeah. where you go. I mean, it feels like this, this method is a, is a way to kind of rub that piece of wood and, and you don't know where the splinter is not in the same place. It, it's deeper. No, it's not. It's, um, and, and you may find one before I do. Right. <laughs> which now, because we're in community together, I'm, I'm interested in, I want to ask, I want to hear about. So, yes. um, 
so this, so I wrote the book as a way to try to give um, structure to what I was doing in the classroom and what I was doing kind of around the church. You know, I do, or I used to, we used to do <laughs> things like travel. Um, and I, I will tell you, my favorite thing is really, I mean, I love preaching, but my favorite thing is reading scripture with groups. Wow. For precisely this reason, because it just, I say to the students all the time, the text gives and gives and gives. It just gives. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I, there is, and in, in just amazing ways that are always unexpected. Mm -hmm. And when a group is together with that kind of energy and the spirit moving, um, it, the text gives birth again, you know, to us, I think. Right. I think, I think, I think it's there to be our daily bread and and it's hard for us to let it be that so this is one way that i tried to to just say okay here's here's what you can try you can try this so the book has it tries to um what i really would like is for people to come around scripture with freedom but also precision you know it doesn't do any good to sort of walk in a room and say okay what do you think right you know, you, it's not, this is not necessarily reader right? reaction i mean there's this is not necessarily mm -hmm. reader reaction kind of criticism. It's, no, it's, you need to have a focal point. You need to be moving your um, microscope, your magnifying glass around right. in a way that everybody can access. And you need to not defer to people that you think might do it better than you. Mm -hmm. And I like to hear is this doesn't have just to be about preaching and the, and the, oh, and no. the preaching process. And I, I have to say, uh, I almost want to repeat it uh, in the and write it down is uh, it's something for you to say you love doing this reading scripture together yeah. more than preaching. <laughs> and well, preaching is just me, you know. I mean, it's, right. I've spent time in the text, but I am um, to hear what people see. Yes, the questions they ask. Right. That's what makes you want to take off your shoes. Right, as holy, holy ground. ground. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's what just makes you, well, it renews faith. For me, it renews faith. Um, you must be reformed. I mean, it, it's all... <laughs> I don't know what I am. You know, I'm, pres I'm Presbyterian. Yeah, but I grew up in the UCC. Because um, um, I'm Scripture family. matters. Scripture really does matter. Yeah, where God is still speaking. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, my, um, one of my mentors um i would say still is uh jim dewey um and lynnhurst ucc church here in louisville when i was in seminary i served there and very formative um for me and the uccs here in louisville and broadly um definitely they're part of our reform family that's for sure so i have i was telling anna earlier i'm only about halfway through the book and this first the first half of the book is sort of this methodology but I'm looking forward to the second half of the book where you start to play with text and say, this is what it looks yeah. like to read scripture together. Kind of, you talk about setting the room up and kind of some questions to use um, that will help provide that focus um, and the kind of mentality. But then you move into actually working with those texts um, to show people, you know, what it could look like. Um, but what were what are some settings you can see this happening? I mean, uh, oh, anywhere. Mm -hmm. 
In fact, it's uh, for the first time I was doing this on Zoom this year, right? Because I was just with a women's lectionary group in um, South Carolina. Okay. That was really wonderful. And it was, I had no idea how this was going to work, but there were actually eight faces on the screen and we could do it. Um, mm -hmm. So any setting, Lee, I think, obviously, if there are preachers on the, on the call on the, you know, here, mm -hmm. we're, we have a result, we're result driven, we have stuff right. we're going to do. So yeah, preachers, yeah. But I think the really interesting part for me is mixing up the groups. I love intergenerational groups. I was once right. at Anne's church, Anne Apple's <laughs> church in Idlewild in uh, Memphis, where we were reading with, um, it was an elders retreat. And so they were from ages, I don't know, 15, 16 to 80 something. Oh my gosh. Wow. And to have, what I love is the way you not only gain reverence for the text, but reverence for one another. For one another and build and relationships. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that, what I really love is when you come into a room and you think, I'm never going to agree with any of these people. I don't want to read the Bible with these mm -hmm. people. It's going to be awful. And then to find you really um, respect what they're seeing, even mm -hmm. if you disagree with them theologically. And I don't mean right. about, about a doctrine, but just what they're actually seeing, the life in the text that they're seeing. So it's helped me... Um, go over some of those barriers you know um and i'd love to hear the questions or comments folks uh who are here have have today um we'll try to get to those in our next 10 minutes or so um you were talking earlier um i love this image of the the sandbox you talk about in, oh, in sandbox of, rules yeah you gotta play you gotta play fair so there are rules it's, oh yeah. It's like a covenant, but I love this. Like sand is fun, sand is messy, shovels are for digging, not hitting. <laughs> yeah. That those sandbox rules actually evolved a little earlier because they were necessary. You know, we don't always play well with others when we're reading scripture. Right. Yeah. And I had to find a way to draw students' attention to that. Um gently firmly without shaming anybody but you know so it's it's a lot easier to say okay um i think you just picked up a lot of sand and threw it as or you know put down whatever it is yeah. um don't knock down what someone else has built you know those right. kinds of basic toddler rules that right those of us who've been with toddlers um remember instilling uh, and this one, how about be kind to babies and toddlers who haven't learned the rules yet? Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then these work, these work for a lot of settings. I feel like maybe a session meeting. <laughs> or yeah, and some were given to me. The one about keeping cats out of the sandbox um, <laughs> was given to me by some Presbyterian women in Tennessee, um, in Maryville, Tennessee, because I think they had been part of some Bible studies with some pretty toxic stuff going on. <laughs> right. Um, Let's see. What we build in the sand doesn't last forever. That's yeah. so important. Like, so there may be something that has been true about this text or something true. It may no longer be true anymore. That's right. All right. Yeah. Um, um, that's really important for mm -hmm. those of us who find ourselves um, collecting decades, um, getting yeah. older, right? <laughs> I mean, the stuff that you saw in your teens, your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, your sixties. I tell people, different. 
I tell people, you know, I'm in this business of supporting um, future ministers who are preparing at Presbyterian seminaries like Columbia. And, and I say to folks, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give this to Francis Taylor Ginch um, yeah. uh, at Union Presbyterian Seminary he said, like, if you haven't been, if you're losing hope in the church, come visit a seminary and don't yeah. just because you went to one, maybe 20 years ago, even five years ago, it's, <laughs> it's different and it's, it's hopeful, really right? It's hopeful. I mean, we, we need more students to come, but it's still, there's something really inspiring. I mean, you, you come and learn in new ways and have new people. Anne is saying, I think the point is really important for the church and beyond the pandemic. Um, yeah. these discussions. Yes. 100%. We're going to have to learn how to hopefully clear this sandbox and get a new one going. I don't know, but we've learned a lot. We have learned a lot and we don't even really know what it is yet. So we need to create some spaces where we can um, allow those things to begin to emerge. I think we're going to be talking one another into speech or mm -hmm. listening one another into speech quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, as our, our time is waning and folks, if you have other questions, please, uh, please bring them. Um, uh, I wonder if there's anything else that, um, kind of from the theater world that, that you bring to this, that maybe folks would be surprised to hear, um, about this methodology. It's not necessarily exegetical methodology, or would you call it an exegetical? Oh, it's methodology? totally exegetical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, you, you probably like I, Lee, went to seminary at a time when there was such a thing as exegesis and exegesis, right? <laughs> and, um, now we're a little, we're a little better at, at changing the subject yeah. uh, and reminding ourselves that just because someone else doesn't see this in the text doesn't mean that they're isogene or that you right. don't see it. It doesn't mean that they're right. isogeting and you're not. So um, other thing, yeah, I think um, one thing that is particularly good for Presbyterians is that this is whole body work, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to actually get up and do what the text is saying happens um, Act it out. It's a big difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I mean, acting it out makes everybody feel silly. But um, I, with my scripture practicum preceptors, we, we read the text the week before the students teach it in the scripture reading practicum to the other students. And we were reading the rich young ruler, the one who tries to go to follow Jesus and Jesus is setting out on a journey, you know, the right. guy asks him, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus rattles off this list. We, we tried it um, by having Jesus and the disciples packing while they were, while this guy was trying to interrupt. You know, how, you know what it's like trying to leave town when someone is asking you huge questions that you wish they had asked <laughs> 10 minutes ago and, and what, it was, what it might have been like. Yeah. And then, but there's, there's this moment in the text where Jesus stops. It, it says, Jesus looking at the man loved him. It's like, he finally interrupts him. I don't think we would have seen some of those things if I hadn't mm. made those students say, okay, pack up your backpack now and I want you to actually walk. I want this the person doing this to be following and 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 right. trying to get your attention. Hard it's it's hard to have that conversation with the back of somebody's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of guts to really interrupt somebody. Yeah. In that moment. Anne is asking, um, to say a little more about rehearsal of scripture in a post-pandemic era. Is there oh, yeah. Um, well, aside from the fact that I 
I mean, this is this is my thing, right? Um, I think, I hope and pray there will be openness to some new things um, when this is, when whatever we're in has cleared some. Um, I don't know that it'll ever clear. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've had to, all of us in whatever church faith communities we've been part of, we've had to do new things. Mm -hmm. out of necessity i'm married to a pastor you know i mean david my husband is in charge of the he's the associate pastor of black mountain press so he's in charge of the educational stuff and i everybody's trying ripping their hair out trying new things but the gift of that may be a different kind of an openness when we are no longer so um pushed to change constantly to really dig in and say let's let's try some new things or let's put emphasis in a new place right it's an opportunity yeah i think everybody's willing to kind of be open to something new and and you can gather as you said you can gather online you gather in various ways i was thinking yeah. about we do we sit on our porch i'm thinking about bringing some folks some friends together i've never done it you know and to do this yeah. together just with some friends um if not colleagues um but uh, yeah. it's, a, it's it's really fascinating to to think about, uh, and I like the idea of. I feel like why the era that we're in is so polarized. Yeah, that this is why I think this makes me so hopeful. I know this is probably what, what weren't it wasn't what you were thinking necessarily when you were writing it. Um, although it, I'm sure it was polarized then, but it seems like more so now. Is, oh, very much. I mean, this is after Trump's election when okay. I was writing so, this. So this is so. a way to bring people together, mm -hmm. right? And that's been kind of the sneaky um, uh, hope and subtext underneath it all, right? I mean, that's 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 my big thing. I like sneaky, hopeful subtext. Um, yeah, but you know, stuff that that allows us to talk to each other and hear Amen. each other. Amen. Um, and learn from each other. And, and learn from each other. So I hope that after the pandemic, it's such a great question you've asked, Dan, there will be some openness from that to, to that need, but also um, maybe a willingness to realize that we're going to be hearing very different things in scripture now because mm -hmm. our context has changed. Right. We aren't the same. 100%. 100%. Gosh, our time has gone. I'm already a little bit over time. It's so much fun. Thanks everyone who's joined us, or if you're listening yeah. later on the podcast, Leading Theologically on our YouTube channel, please uh, like and subscribe that. That would be helpful. Um, join our Facebook page, Theological Education Fund. It supports Columbia Seminary and other Presbyterian seminaries and future ministers. And um, we're grateful they get to have uh, mentors like you, Anna Carter Florence, uh -huh. and have for decades because you are a true gift who you are, body, mind, spirit, soul, truth, wisdom, um, and the way you form others and the way you show up like today that is generous and gracious and loving and kind. Hesed, as they say in Hebrew, um, is, is uh, something I hope everyone notices. I know the folks who gathered here already know that, but I hope yeah. others will get to know you and your work. And I will invite you, everyone, to come back in two weeks, February 2nd, I believe. I will be talking with a pastor in Charlotte, North Carolina, who's at a multicultural church. His name is John Cleghorn. Yeah. He's written this book, 
resurrecting church where justice and diversity meet radical welcome and healing hope. Um, I think it will be, it will be a lot of fun. Um, he was a second uh, career pastor and just a real inspiration. Um, come and join us for that. Um, but Anna, would you be willing to send us, charge us, bless us, offer a benediction? Of course. Um, and thank you, Lee. It's a, it's always a privilege to be invited in. Amen. Go forth into the day in peace, everyone. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the power of the Spirit be with you and remain with you always. 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 Thank you. Amen. Amen. Peace, everyone. Thank you.